This morning, I really, really, really did not want to read my Bible. The thought of sitting up in my bed, fingers filled with the marrow of laziness, ESV silent in its distance, but loud in its convicting invisible sirens, the disrupting music of my consistent encouragements that I stack in the back of my disciples' ears, such as, you have to read your Bible. The word is where you meet Jesus. How do you expect to know God if you don't read about him? Nag me to action. So I settled for the conveniently placed Bible application on my phone. Thank you, Apple, for your help. I proceed to read a psalm or two until I feel I've met my morning spiritual quota for the day and then my heart proceeded to grab my soul by the hands and gently place a heavy Nagasaki-like whisper inside of its palms. You are far too easily satisfied, I thought. And I remembered the big picture that the Bible is where I get to know God. King, Savior, Lord, friend, Jesus meets me in this book, this book that I often treasure in theory. So reading the Bible really does matter. Where else can I go to audibly see the voice of God, learn how to climb inside of his shadow and follow it straight into his throne? My soul is safe there. So I'm done with the excuses. The next time laziness or whatever attempts to steal me from the Bible, I'm just going to punch it in its face. I'm just going to punch it right in the face. Amen? I'm just going to punch it right because, well, you know what? What else does anything? Well, maybe I don't want to go too far on that one, man. Praise the Lord. Amen? Welcome to the church online. We're happy to be here right here right now with you in this moment, man, because, you know, this is the moment, right? This is the day that God has made, and we're going to not only rejoice, we're going to celebrate in it together every day, all right? And we're going we're gonna to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Praise the Lord. So let me pray for us real quick, and we're going to get started in Jesus' name. Father, we just give you the praise. We just give you the honor. And Lord God, we are praying in the mighty name of Christ Jesus, Lord God, that right now we could be still. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of noise, man, all around us. There's all kinds of distractions all around us. There's, there's everything. The enemy right now is working overtime right now, all right, to distract every one of us from your word, from what you have to say, all right, even from your glory. And so, Lord God, we pray in the name of Christ, Lord God, that you would defeat, this, like you would punch the enemy right now in the face, Lord God. And we just give you the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen, all right? We just gave God the praise for punching the enemy right in the face. Praise the Lord. Welcome. All right. So let me ask you this, man. How easily are you satisfied? How easily are you satisfied? All right. Uh, you know, is this right now, is what happening right here, right now, is this good enough for you? Is this all you need? Every once in a while, or maybe even you're an every week person, all right, every Sunday person or, or whatever, man, or, every, or maybe it's just once in a while or when you can or whatever, all right, is this enough for you? All right, is it enough for you right now to come here or to turn on your set or to even when you do show up here, when we do have this going on, to come here and watch me share my gifts 
that God has given me. Is that enough for you? All right? And I'm not going to just step on somebody's toes. Maybe I might stomp on your foot right here. Well, well, come and watch me share my gifts. Well, maybe neglecting to discover your gifts. Maybe neglecting to discover the gifts that God has gifted you with, because I guarantee you he has. If you've given your life to Christ, he definitely has. Is it enough for someone, all right, to just come and tell you, maybe right here in your own living room, all right, what, what he or she believes that the creator of time and space is saying to you right now? Is it enough for someone else to tell you so you don't have to look it up yourself, so you don't have to check it out yourself? I'm just asking, man. I'm just asking the question. All right, it's an important question. You see, if I let somebody else tell me, it might give me room to say, well, you know what, I don't have to, you know, because you're just a human, you don't know. You know what I mean? Or maybe can a preacher that maybe you like or love or respect, can a preacher, man, just come and just kind of, you know, just kind of relate things to you like there are the gospel truth without you checking to see if they're actually the gospel truth without you going through it and checking it out. Can a preacher come and just kind of lay it down and you're cool with it? Are you that easily satisfied? I don't think we're supposed to be. I gotta ask you a real crazy question right now, all right? Does the thought, does the thought of, <laughs> of opening up your Bible, all right, or maybe does even opening up your Bible, period, does it, does it bring you comfort? Or does it cause you anxiety to open up the word of God? Does it, does it bring you comfort? If it brings you comfort, have you ever asked God why? If it brings you anxiety, man, if you're just like, you know what? I don't know, man. This, you know, if, if it brings you anxiety, if you're freaking out, man, and you'd rather have somebody else open it up for you, have you ever asked God why? Does the thought of quieting down your life so you can see, not just hear, so that you can see him speak. Does that seem like an impossibility to you? Because things are just going too crazy in life, man. There's a lot of noise. All right. I love how Jackie, all right, that was Jackie Hill Perry. She's one, of my, one, she's one of my favorites, man. All right, she's pretty awesome. All right, you should check out some of her stuff. She writes some pretty good, she wrote a really good book lately. Anyways, she, she went from convicting herself, right? Just like, okay, I gotta convict myself. How, she's questioning herself. How do you expect to know God, all right, if you don't read about him? If you don't read about him, all right? She went to, from that convicting to a definite assurance that, wait a second, it's not just about reading about God. She said, she said this. She reminded herself that the Bible is where I get to know God. I don't just read about him, but I get to know God. All right? I, I get, did you hear those words? Those five words, man. I get to know God. You, you get to know God. All right, I like to take that, those five words and put them side by side. I get to know God, I get to know God. Number one, the first three, I get to. I get to, man. Do you, know, do you realize how amazing it is to know that I get to, that you get to, that we get to know the creator of time and space? And then the other, I get to know God, and then I get to know God. I get to know, know him, know him. Not just know about him, but actually get to know him in a relationship. I get to know God. I love how she went through that, that little progression from convicting to assurance and recognition. 
Check this out, man. I don't know about you, man, but I know life is loud. Life is real loud right right now. Even in this time of quieting down and quarantine, it is extremely loud, right? Right? There's all these, there's all these um, competitions for our affections and our attentions. And I know this, man, is that God speaks to us on the inside. He comes to us on the inside. He speaks to us on the inside. But if we're too loud on the outside, how are we going to hear him on the inside? Maybe it's through this book. Maybe it's through, through, through this book that we've actually treasured. <laughs> I love, man, this girl's just laid it down. Now, this book that we have often treasured in theory. In theory, right? Through the years, man, we've come a long way from scrolls, all right? This stuff was originally written in scrolls, man, all right? You'd have to pull this big scroll out and hold on, all right? So you can read what's happening here. We've come a long way, right? All right, man. We started making Bibles that have actually little indentations. You can find out what you're looking for, all right? We've gone from there to, and then, and then you know, to come and creating little pocket Bibles so we could take it with us, all right? Because these are real valuable books, right? We really treasure these, but is it in theory, man? But you know what? I got one. You got one. Maybe you got a couple. I've got a table full, and probably be like, I know I got more than this, but we've come a long way, right? And then somewhere along the line, we said, let's make it easier. And somebody said, you know what? I'm going to take this Bible and I'm going to put it on these things. Anybody remember these things? This is crazy, man. I'm going to put it on these little things right here. These are records. Back in the day, me and Mel, my, my friends used to listen to these things. You put a little thing on it, and it just, they'll read you the Bible. We thought, this is great. All right? And then, and then you know what? The times changed. And then we actually put them on cassettes. You remember cassettes? I don't have any because I think they're worthless. But anyways... Right? And then we went from there and we said, look at, let's just put them on some CDs, man. We'll just put the Bible on CDs because this is current. All right? We'll create really good looking Bibles that have really cool illustrations in them. All right? A Bible that has pictures and stuff in it. And there's nothing wrong with those, man. There's nothing wrong with these. And then we're going to create really killer study Bibles that actually have stuff that I can actually learn and kind of do some studying and stuff like that because that's important. I got one of these. I just don't use it. Is that you? And then we've gotten about as convenient as you can. Right? Right here. How much more convenient can that be? And then actually, it'll even, if you hit this little button down here, it will read it to you while you're reading it. We've treasured this in theory. Right? We've treasured it in theory, man. But do we truly, 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 truly treasure the word of God? I remember when I was a kid. All right, I'd hang out at my grandma's house. She had Bibles all over the place, but she read them. All right, her Bibles were, 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 were tore up like, like this, man, because they're crazy. I got my grandfather's old Bible right here, man. Actually has his name right there on there, John C. Jeriki. He's got his name on there, man. He's got notes in here that I pay attention to, all right? My grandparents, they read their Bibles. They didn't just have them around for show, but I remember being in my grandparents' house one day, all right, I'm hanging out, and I was drinking some Kool-Aid, because that's what you did at grandma's house. You had some Kool-Aid. 
And I went to go put my Kool-Aid down on the table where a Bible was. I set it on this Bible. My cousin Spuddy, yes, I got a cousin Spuddy, all right? My cousin Spuddy goes, hey, 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 we don't put things on the Bible. And I thought, wow, that must be an important book if we can't set something on there. But I, I didn't open it. I just thought, don't put anything on this thing right here. And I never opened it. Do we treasure this in theory, man? Come on, man. I want to I talk to you this morning. I don't want to play no games with you this morning. We need to talk about this this morning. We need to put this to the test right here, right now. You say, I love what Boyd says. Boyd says this. He says, our problem is, man, we make a vow. Check this out. Come on with me, all right? We make a vow to submit our life to Christ, but then spend 99% of our time excluding him from our awareness. We make him Lord over our life in theory, in theory. But we don't make him Lord over most of the moments that make up our life, right? I mean, we find a lot of excitement. Right now, I keep hearing, man, when are you guys gonna open up the doors? When are you gonna open up the doors? Are we gonna open up the doors pretty soon? You know what? We're gonna err on the side of caution around here, man. We're not gonna rush into this. We're gonna make sure everybody's all right and that you're safe. I get it. It is exciting to come in here. I can't wait. I'm telling you, I don't know if anybody is more, you know, waiting to just open the doors than me, man. I know maybe we're probably all the same, but I cannot wait to see you, to hug you, to preach to you right here, man, and just talk to you. I can't wait for it, man. You know what? And I get it because why it's exciting, but we got to be careful with those exciting things because I love, he continues, he says, yeah, we find a lot of excitement, because that's what we're looking for, right? Sometimes some more, sometimes even more than truth, we're looking for excitement, all right? We find excitement in the things that connect to our faith. Good speakers, good music, good, you know, illustrations and good things and stuff like that, good gatherings and stuff like that. But unless a person learns, look at what he says, unless a person learns to find God in much, as much in the ordinary the exciting will do nothing more than just distract you from the ordinary. Did you understand that? I mean, again, is he Lord in theory? 99% of your life, nah. Or is he Lord over all the little moments of your life? Or just the exciting Christian gatherings, things that we can do that just kind of like, <gasps> you know, those are all, that was awesome. Or is he Lord in the ordinary moments? The everyday moments, the moments that make up most of your life, man. Is this word right here, is this word of God right here, is it, is it alive? Or is it sitting on the table, man? Is it collecting dust? Or is it alive in you? Every day. John Tyson, I got a lot of quotes today. John Tyson says this, man, we pay attention, what we pay attention to, recognize this, what we pay attention to determines the quality of our life. The things that we pay most attention to is gonna determine the quality of our life. A pastor asked this question, he says, after the quarantine, all right, will you be able to say, I know more about the Tiger King than I do the King of Kings? I just stepped all over your feet right now. Some of you, anyway, some of you could care less about the Tiger King. Me neither, I can care less. 
But after the quarantine, will you know more about other things than you do the king of kings? That's an important question. What if we were as intentional, all right? What if we were as intentional to get to know God, all right? To get to know God and, and allow Jesus to meet us in and through his word. What if we were just as intentional to pursue that heart of God, the mind of Christ, all right, as we were to allow him to give his life for our sins? What if we were as intentional and excited? Here's what I know, man. When your life in Christ is intentional, when your life in Jesus Christ is intentional, God is, an in, is intentional to empower your intentions. Did you just hear that? All right, maybe I'll tell you. Come here. All right, when your life in Christ is intentional, here's what I know, that God himself is intentional to empower those intentions to get to know him, to know the heart of God, the mind of Christ, for the glory of God. I guarantee it, man. I guarantee it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. The moment I gave my life to Christ, okay, check this out. The moment I gave my life to Christ, I know this is 25, a little over 25 years ago. The moment I gave my life to Christ, I knew I wanted to know him better. I fell in love with him and I, and I, and I wanted to know his heart. I had a deep desire for the heart of God. It just happened immediately. I don't know if I'm weird like that, but for some reason, I just took it seriously. And I wanted to know his heart, all right? And I desired to know his heart and had a desire to understand him and understand this life that he created me to live. And I knew it, man, that, that the only way I'm gonna find, is not to go ask you and go ask you and go ask you and what about you and what does that preacher think? What does that preacher think? Is to open up the word of God. Open up the word of God, man, for, 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 for myself, and ask God, man, all right, I believe you're big enough to, teach, to talk to all those people. Right, will you talk to me? Will you talk to me right here, right now? I'm opening this up, man, and I'm waiting to see if you got anything to say to me. And I'm gonna pursue you. I'm gonna pursue your heart. I'm gonna pursue your mind. I knew that's just the route I had to go, man. The apostle, we've been tracking some things that, through the scriptures that have been challenging us. Last week he told us, you know, um, just as you have, have received Christ, so, so walk in Christ. Just as you've received Christ, so walk in Christ. That's what he told us, right? It's the same way you received that, 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 the, the, the payment that he made for your sin, the ticket he bought for your entrance into heaven, the, 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 the eternal life that begins right now, not, not a kingdom come later. It is coming, but, but it begins now as we await the kingdom, all right? It begins right here, right now with that, with that same excitement of saying, you know what? You really do love me. You really do forgive me. I'm in, I'm yours. That day, he says, just as you have received Christ, so walk in Christ. And we're like, how does, what does that look like? How do, I, how do I walk? And we can find all kinds of instructions given through the scriptures, all right? But there's this basic beginning that, that is necessary. And it's right here in his word in Colossians chapter three, verse one. We're gonna put the word of God on the screen for you, all right? But I would challenge you to open up the word of God in front of your face, all right? And check it out for yourself to see if these things are true. 
He says in Colossians chapter 3, if then, man, you have died with Christ, you, I mean, if you've then if you've been raised with Christ, all right, if then you have been raised with Christ because you died with Christ, you're raised with Christ, all right, he begins with this big if. In other words, if you're just coming into this book to see how you can prove God wrong, man, well, have fun. If you're just opening up this book to see if, you know, he, he, you're going to read it like a horoscope, you know, or, or, some, or a fortune cookie, have fun with that. Because it's not going to work. But if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, if you have received, all right, the payment of Christ Jesus, if you believe that Jesus Christ is God, all right, was, was, was here, was raised, was born, was, was, was got up, all right, and, you know, and, 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 and then preached and teached, all right, and then was crucified and died and was buried and was risen again. If you believe that, and if you say, you are, you're my Lord, you're my King, you're my God, he says, if that's the, if you're going to approach me that way, we could talk. But you have to begin right there. If you have been raised with Christ, and what he's saying is, just as Jesus rose from the grave, you and me have risen from the grave right here, right now, man. That, that the life that I lived, dead, stinking. <laughs> and then he raised again to this new life in Christ. He says, man, if you have been raised, are you, are you tracking with me? Check this out. If then you have been raised, if, big if, you gotta know where are you on the if. If then you have been raised with Christ, he wants to say, seek, come on, man, come on, man. This is a, we're talking about God. We're talking about the creator. We're talking about the reason you breathe, the reason you have blood in your veins, the reason any of us exist. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things, earnestly desire from your heart, the heart of God, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He says, seek these things. Intentionally focus your heart on the heart of Christ. I told you before how important Bible reading is. And yeah, yeah, it is important to read your Bible, but there's a prerequisite, all right? And that is the if, if you've been raised with Christ, that's a big prerequisite. If you've been raised with Jesus, that's a prerequisite. If you've been raised with Christ, then you got to know that the word of God is where you get to meet Jesus. All right? You got to know that when you open up the word of God, you get to meet Jesus. He's not only in the word of God, but here's where you get to meet him. For sure, it's a definite if you've been raised with Christ, you get to meet with him right here, all right? The word of God is where you get to know God, not just about God, but you get to know God. Oh, man. The word of God is where oh, I get to learn how to breathe the way I was created to breathe, man. The word of God is where I get to know how to breathe, man, the way he had, he, had, he had created me to breathe, all right? The word of God, man, is where I get to, um, I get to, I get, I get to learn the truth about life, all right? Jesus, man, talking right here on the Sermon on the Mount, starts telling me the truth about life. 
The word of God, man, I'm telling you what, the word of God is how, is where I learn how to see people the way that God sees people in love. The word of God is where I learn to really love and, and I also learn what it truly means to be loved. Did you hear that? It was through the word of God that I, that I, that I learned to truly love and learn how to be loved. And it's where I learned how to stop being selfish with love. I remember the first day, I've told you this how many times, man, the first day when I gave my life to Christ for real and he was the king, he was the Lord of my life, I called my mom. You're like, <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, you know, I called my mom and I told my mom, I said, mom, I love you. And she says, yeah, mijo, I know I love you too. I said, no, no, mom, I love you. And my mom was like, yeah, no, I love you too. And I was like, no, mom, I'm, I'm really, I just learned what love is. And I just want you to know that I really, really love you, mom. And she got it. Because I got it. I've been selfish, my love, man, all those years. And I'm still sometimes selfish, man. And it's still, it just, it just gets me so mad sometimes. But I learned what I want you to know, this is not a formula that we're or a formality. This is faith, man. It's a pursuit for, through faith, right? To, to reach for him with your whole self. The way he's been reaching for you all along, man. The same way he's been reaching for you all along. My cousin, all right, came up this weekend. My cousins, him and his family. They came up this weekend. We took a ride yesterday. With my daughter's birthday yesterday. We had a blast together. We all, our family, we all went out to Sheep's Crossing. Went to go hang out in the river to get it together. All right, and we just kind of just kind of hung out there, just kicking back in this little creek, you know, having a blast. And and I, I started to really realize it. Man, my cousin comes up here a lot. He comes up here sometimes once or twice a year. And I realized I've only been to his house once. And like as I was reaching for my cousin, I recognized this brother's been reaching for, for me for years. I was like, man, I need to do something about that. Sometimes you find out, you start reaching for God. You start reaching out for God, man. And then the first thing you're going to recognize, he's been reaching for you your whole life. Your whole life, man. He says, come after my heart. He says, seek the things that are above where Christ is, the heart of God. And then he says in verse two, we're only gonna get to two or three verses today, man. He says, set your mind on the things that are above. Set your mind. So this is a change, right? He's not saying, it looks like he's being repetitive. Seek the things that are above. Set your minds on the things that are above. He's kind of saying the same thing over. No, he's actually saying two different things. He's talking about a pursuit. When you seek the things that are above, he's talking about a pursuit of desire, a pursuit of your heart for the heart of God. And now he's talking about your mind. And it's important that we include the mind here. He says, set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. All right? He's, you know, check us out. He, this is important to include the mind. Because if you ever have your heart feel one way and your mind want to go a different direction, you ever know what, you ever, you ever know in your heart what is the right thing to do? But in your mind, you ended up, you end up going towards the wrong thing. And in essence, you actually end up breaking your own heart. 
Have you ever had that happen? You know in your heart where you're supposed to, you should be doing what's the right thing to do. But in your mind, man, you start to justify all these different ideas and different plans that just contrary to your heart. And then you follow away from your heart and you end up breaking your own heart, man. Um, this is a real thing. It says, set your mind, fix your attention, keep on thinking. All right, he, he moves right, from, from, from the heart to the head because there needs to be an agreement there. All right, a lot of our stress is created because there's always a disagreement right here with, with, the head, with our head and our heart. And, the, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's when, when, you know, when our hand is gonna follow the loudest one or, or at least, uh, and it's better off following an agreement. Many of you have had a lot of stress right here in this room between head and heart. Song will play, man, and you're just like, re your heart is just like being poured out in this song. A sermon will be preached and your heart is just being revealed in this sermon. And your mind is saying, shut up. Don't let this change you. You have way too many things going on in your life right now. You have too many prospects that do not agree with that song, that do not agree with that message, that don't agree with the word. And your heart just starts to break and wrench and there's this stress. And some of you are like, why am I crying? It's because of the stress that is being created between these two, these two geographical locations, my head and my heart. And I'm not allowing an agreement. This, 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 but this, the agreement is what leads you in your hands. Intentionally focus your heart. This is why he tells us right here, you know, seek the things that are above intentionally. Remember again, all right, when I, when I told you right up here, I says, you know, they, they, that when your life is in Christ is intentional, God is intentional to empower your intentions, all right? And so that's what he says, man, to, you have to intentionally focus your heart on Jesus, intentionally focus your mind on Jesus, intentionally focus your heart and your mind in the same direction. And here's what I, I really want to challenge you with, because too often we, we talk about reading your Bible, reading your Bible, reading your Bible, and that's important. Yes, reading your Bible, but with an understanding of not just reading it. I like to say, but allowing your Bible to read you, allowing the Word of God to read you, allowing it to just reach into your life. Remember, God talks on the inside, but if we're too loud on the outside, we ain't gonna be able to hear him on the inside. This doesn't require just reading some words. This requires an intention, I believe. What we like sometimes, some people call it meditating on the word of God. I mean, a lot of people meditate. You know, they do all that crazy stuff right there, man. But, 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 but I'm talking about meditating on God's word. Taking a little bit of it that for some reason is sticking out. This whole page of words, but this little bit is just sticking out. Take that with you and, and meditate on that. Settle in on that. The Bible calls it, we talked about this last Wednesday night, me and Pastor Nick, it calls it a selah, this pause. Literally allowing yourself to breathe, man. When you open up the word, man, don't just rush through it holding your breath. Stop. Breathe. Don't just read the word. Allow the word to read you and settle in on it. You see in a lot of the Psalms, this word selah, that's what it means, stop. 
There should probably be a Selah. Pastor Nick said that there should be a Selah after every verse that you read in the Bible. Verse Selah, verse pause, verse breathe. When this becomes, let me just tell you this, man, because when this becomes a way of life for you, your way of life, the way you pursue life, the way you talk about life, the way you think about life, the way you behave in life, you end up creating culture rather than allowing the culture surrounding you to create who you are. This is a big deal. Because in essence here, you become a world changer. You really become a world changer. Why? Because your world has just been changed. Every day it changes a little more when you breathe in the word of God. This is a big deal, man. This is why Joshua, back in the day, we talked about this. Joshua and his army, man, these guys were coming out. They were getting ready to fight, man, because God gave them this country and they were like gonna go take it. Moses brought them up to the border. He brought them up to the river. He says, look, on the other side of that river, boom, God giving you all this, but you're gonna have to take it because there's all kinds of people, all right? So God just says, look, I've given this to you, but you gotta go take it, all right? And they were getting ready to roll across and you thought there would be this big old exhortation about how to fight, how to hold your sword, how to poke somebody with your sword, man, all right? How to put somebody in the face and throat. And so you think be all these little, these little you, know, uh, you, know, you know, training exercises, but here's what God said. He says, this book right here of the law, he says, you know what? If you're gonna go and take over this place, I've already given it to you. If you choose to go and take it, here's what I want you to remember. This book right here, this law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it. You shall breathe it in and breathe it out day and night so that you may be careful to do, to live, to think, to behave, to speak, to pursue all that is written in it. And he says, man, if you just go this way, I'm gonna make your way prosperous as you go and take over this land. And you're going to have a good success over there. And you're going to own some stuff, man. It's going to be yours. I've already given it to you. But we need to meditate on God's word. Here's what I know about the scriptures. I have not seen a promise in here yet. Maybe it's in, you can probably point it out. I've not seen a promise on, that you get credit for just reading all these words. You get credit for all this, this uh, you know, it doesn't promise blessings for, to just read a bunch of scripture. No, I see blessings when you meditate on it, when you open it up and you allow it to read you back day and night and you punch mediocrity in the face. <laughs> you gotta love that. Here's what I know. The Bible is the most visible source of his strength. The most visible source of God's strength is right here in his word. You see it over and over and over and over and over continually through the pages of scripture. Whether you're in here or whether you're on here, wherever, or wherever you got, you see it over and over and over and over again. Jackie, on the video, she said, you know what? Where else can I go to audibly, audibly see the voice of God. That's a wild statement. Where else can I go to audibly see the voice of God? To audibly see the voice of God. That's a big deal, man. I was reading uh, this dude, Alan Redpath, 
at what he was saying about the word. And he said, and I've shared this with you a few years ago. He said, to be saturated with the word of God is to be assured of the presence of God. To be saturated with the word of God, to just, you know, uh, to meditate in it, to, to breathe in the word of God is to be assured of the presence of God. There's a lot of craziness going on in your life. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in my life. There's really, really crazy stuff going on in the world right now. And there's real, real crazy stuff going on right in your individual life. Every one of us can, and we're like, where's God? Why didn't he stop this? Why didn't he make this happen? Why didn't he create this instead? Why didn't, you know, we got all these questions for God. Open up his word and find out, man. Talk to him. Allow him to speak to you. This is, this is essential for our, the life that we claim so that we know that we're not just claiming it in theory. William James said this, we, we, we must reflect. Check this out, come on with me. Okay, one thing that we need to give, give you real, real careful thought to, we gotta reflect, all right, that when we reach the end of our days, our life experience will equal what we've paid attention to the most, whether on purpose or by default. When we come to the end of our days, our life experience will equal the things that we've paid attention to, rather by choice or by default. So what do we need to do about all this? I believe we need to do exactly what he just said. Seek and set. Seek the heart of God. Set your mind on the things of God. Seek the heart of God. Set your mind on the things of God. And this is where you do it. In his word. Right here. It begins right here. I would challenge you. Pray the word back to him. I'll give you a little exercise. This may help. If you've, some of you are already about this. All right. You just needed a little. Maybe you needed a tune up to get into this thinking mode again. All right, but, but, but some of us, some of us, all right, uh, maybe we just need a tune-up. We need some help. I got, I, got, I got one chapter out of the Bible, Psalm 16, so write this down. We're getting ready to take communion right now, too. You guys remember that? We've been putting it out there. It's first of the month, first Sunday of the month. We're gonna take communion. I'll give you a little minute to get that ready, too, but I want you to remember this, okay? Psalm, write this down, Psalm 16. There's 11 verses in Psalm 16, all right? And here's what I want you to do for the next six days until we get together next Sunday. Monday through Saturday, a little exercise for you. This is just a little, this is, this is a jump start to get back into the word of God and to allow God's word to reach into you. Psalm 16, it's an amazing psalm. He is going to speak to you personally there, I know without a doubt. Psalm 16, I want you to get in there. There's 11 verses, all right? So tomorrow, today, maybe today, maybe a seven-day chore. Today, read Psalm 16. Tomorrow, focus on the first two verses, verse one and two. And just start to pray those verses back. He says, preserve me, O Lord, for in you I take refuge. He says, I say, in verse two, he says, I say to the Lord, uh, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. I wonder if you can meditate just on those two verses tomorrow. If you can read two verses first thing in the morning, 
right? And just meditate on, read Psalm 16 today. Read it tonight before you go to bed. Read it again, you know, read it a couple of times if you can, all right? And then tomorrow morning, I just want you to pray those first two verses. Verse one and two. And then Tuesday, verse three and four. And then Wednesday, five and six. Thursday, seven and eight. Friday, nine and 10. And then Saturday, you'll just have one verse, verse 11. Man, just, just try this. Don't try it, do it. I hate saying try it. Try to read it, no. Do this, prayerfully do this. Ask God to help you. Ask him, you know, to just shut everything down, give you those moments, just to read two verses a day and pray them back to you and take them with you, write them down somewhere you know, and memorize those verses and remind God and pray it throughout the day. All right, preserve me, O Lord, for in you I take refuge. I mean, that's a great prayer for tomorrow morning. It's a great prayer. Do this. Include somebody else in it. Where the Bible was written to be read in community. I don't know if you're in a community group, but you know what? We've got all kinds of opportunities for you to get involved in community group right now. You're like, really? Yeah, online community group. You're like, what? You just check it out. You can find all the stuff on our website. Go check it out. But the, but the Bible's read, meant to be read together, and so we need to be doing this together. This is important. All right, so check this out. Because here's what I know. If we're pursuing the heart of God, if we're pursuing the mind of Christ, we cannot know the heart of God if we refuse to listen to God. Nor will we ever understand, all right, the mind of Christ and the life that we were created to live if we refuse and we choose not to hear from God. That's what I know. So, take some time. We have communion coming right now. I'm gonna pray for us. Well, let me just tell you really quickly. It's through the word of God, all right, that Jesus asked us to do this, all right? We go there and we meet Jesus in every one of the gospels, you'll see. I believe it's every one of the gospels, for sure. You'll see that Jesus, all right, gathers the group and he shares with them the night before he was arrested he shares with them and he tells them I want you, I want you to do this little practice here I want you to worship the practice I want you to worship me through the practice this little symbol to remember my death to remember that my body was broken to remember that my blood was spilt. He says, I want you to do this together. I want you to get together, man. He says, I want you to get together. I want you to forgive one another of the sins that have been committed against you from each other. I want you to remember that I have forgiven all of your sins, so you should have no problem doing that is I want you to get together and remember that, 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 that I am coming back. Are we doing this in theory? I hope not. Are we doing this as a mindless habit? Man, I hope not. Are we doing this because we know we get to know Jesus better? Are we doing this because we know that, by, that we're truly pursuing presence? 
with Jesus. Take a piece of bread. All right? Take a piece of bread. Give some to your family. If you weren't ready for this, after, the, after we're, we're done here, set some time aside, put a little music on, and lead your family in what I just shared with you. Will you take your bread right now? And remember that Jesus said, as he gave it all to the, to the disciples, as he gives it to you, he said, this is my body. It's being broken for you. He said, I want you to take this and eat this in remembrance of me. Father, we, we remember Jesus, that your body was broken for us. We remember Jesus, that you did this for us. And we just say thank you. Take and eat. the cup and he says and, he, and I, I can imagine him pouring the, the, the from the carafe into the cup this wine and I, I can imagine everybody looking at the red the redness of the wine and as he shared and said this is my blood how it actually probably looked like blood it wasn't it was wine but he's saying, this is a representation. This is my blood that's being poured out for you. In other words, this, when blood leaves the body, we, the body dies. And he said, this is my blood being poured out for you. I'm dying for you. For you. I'm doing what you can't do and nobody else can do for you. Take and drink remembrance of me. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. And we thank you for Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for us. In Jesus' name, amen. He's not still dead. He's alive. And he wants to meet with you. Open his word and ask him, to meet with you. Invite him in, man. Begin with Psalm 16. Check that out. We're going to catch up next week about this. Follow up with this. All right? There's going to be a test. All right? Just kidding. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. And we give you the glory, Lord God, in the mighty name of Christ Jesus. We just pray, Lord God, that your word, Lord God, will no longer be a collection would no longer be um, a symbol, but would actually be life being breathed into our lives as we allow it to once again in Jesus' mighty name.